Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Trey Wynn. This is a brand new episode of The Reframe, and I wanted to give a little precursor. I just got done with Jolene Miller, uh, had a fantastic conversation with Joe. I do want to give you a precursor. There is going to be profanity in this. I don't want to edit it. <laughs> so it's going to come with an explicit warning, obviously not suitable for work or if you have kids around or anything like that. So uh, yeah, make sure, I want to make sure that you know this prior to, we'll mention it in the podcast, but i.am.joe.miller. You can find Jolene on Instagram at that handle and I'll put it down in the description as well. But make sure wherever you're watching or listening, if you see clips and things like that on social, make sure and follow. Uh, make sure and five star rate the podcast wherever you listen. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. I'm very proud of this podcast episode because Jolene has been a great friend of mine for, I mean, decades now or decade, maybe decade and a half now, but um, I love her very much and I'm very happy and excited to uh, get to share some stories and some conversation that she and I have with everybody. So I hope you enjoy. All right, not to be too official, but welcome into The Reframe. I'm Trey Wynn. I'm actually joined with one of my greatest friends, um, Shit. <laughs> Since I don't know when. Um, a long, long, long time. And it's funny because through our, I think both of our journeys in life, um, you know, we've we've gotten here, but obviously that's why I want to have you on. But Jolene Miller, um I could say so many things about you and <laughs> the admiration I have, the respect I have, and this is an interesting thing for which I think will be relevant to what we're gonna talk about a bit. Um kind of the idea of the female male relationship that you have and mm -hmm. I have platonically because mm -hmm. growing up it was almost taboo mm -hmm. side hugs and yada 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 and it's like it's just amazing how much you know the sheltered culture can infringe or hinder but the older that we've gotten and I'm i you know, I'm a few years older than Jillian because I came to school after four years of working at a church here in Nashville so we connected, but um, but yeah, Jolene, obviously I want to jump in kind of your story a bit, um, and then obviously kind of getting where you are now and what you're doing now. Um, but yeah, introduce yourself, kind of tell me what you're doing in life, kind of what has, I mean, even too, as far as the reason I want you on is to hear your side and your story of self-love and self-care and mental health and emotional health and just trauma and healing, and I'm sure we can touch into anything I'm going to shoot for an hour, so I'm, I'll just kind of give us a, a close, and I think we're, we'll are we be right at like 10 a.m., so we'll be good to go. But. Awesome. But Jolene, please tell us about yourself, and uh, thank <laughs> you for being on the pod. Thanks for having me, love. Mm -hmm. um, so, from Virginia originally, big family, number five of seven biological kids, one bonus bro. Um, yeah, I feel like I was raised in the church, raised very religious, very Christian. Within that, though... A lot of love, like my family is very loving, um, but raised in a very small town, very little diversity, not a lot of room for just living life and experimenting and figuring out who you are. Um, very much needed to be like Jesus, right? You needed to be perfect. That right. was kind of the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and also in a big family, there really wasn't room for my opinions, my take on things. Um, so I feel like my life really actually started happening when my mom died. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so she died four days after my high school graduation. So I was 18. Um, and it was like, I hadn't lost anyone up until that point. So that was the first time in my life that it was like, oh, like my entire sense of what is normal mm-hmm. just got shot to hell. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, like the most shocking thing, right? Yeah. Just experiencing death in general. And then also being someone so close to you. And she was a really important figure in like our small town and all of that too. Um, so yeah, right after mom died, my sister Steph and I went to Australia for a little bit. We were au pairs over there, which was like 100% just running away. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> totally. And this was right after high school. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I had played volleyball my whole life, was looking into like actually doing that. And something just like didn't sit right with that. Um, and then after mom died, it was just like you know, that makes you grow up really fast. And I just had a very different perspective on life. I was yeah. kind of like, why am I just going through these societal things that I'm supposed to do, like go to college and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. I just felt like I had no idea who I was at that point. And I was like, God, like everything. And mom was like a very dominant, um, judgmental type person. Um, so I feel like it was the first time where it was like, oh, like, I don't actually have to live up to this person anymore. Yeah. So there, it was strange because there was also a sense of freedom there. Um, that like you didn't have to live up to this person anymore and could kind of like figure out who you were. So my sister and I went to Australia for a little bit and that was all fun and also crazy. I mean, I was 18. Their drinking age is 18. So mm-hmm. I like had my first alcoholic beverage in Australia. It was like super cute So you cute literally had like no... Rebel high school no. crazy face. No, I was always like kind of a black sheep, like inside, but I was very quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I think more than anything, I just wanted everyone to be like happy and okay. And I'm an Enneagram nine, so that very much makes sense. Um, so yeah, I never wanted to like rock the boat or anything, yeah. but then the boat was rocked for me when mom died, so I was like, okay, here we go. Um, So yeah, did Australia stuff and came back and then ended up taking like a year, like working a little bit, kind of figuring out what I wanted. And I just wanted to get out of Virginia. Like that's just what I wanted more than anything. And to me, like what I had experienced, the only way to really do that was to go to college somewhere. Like that was just kind of what everyone did. Um, Was it an excuse for you or just like, I want to go here because I want to go here? Uh, More of an excuse. Like what I really wanted to do was to go to this amazing college out in California that yeah. was like on the beach it was so beautiful and all of that um but I ended up visiting Lee and where we met mm-hmm. um and it felt like far away enough right but it was still the same like Christian bubble so it still felt like familiar not too threatening or too far away from like what I already knew so you were two years after high school that you had Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. I was already like a little over a year older than everyone that right. was in my class. Yeah. In addition to having experience like losing a parent mm-hmm. and going abroad. So I was like infinitely way more mature so than everyone. To interject, yeah. I'm just kind of paralleling Please. our journey. Yeah. I had, you know, gotten, became a Christian when I was 16. I grew up in my family, very conservative. You know, we always heard about Jesus and Christmas, Easter, and we would go to church, but never, like, it was so traditional, it was not of interest, and then became a Christian when I was 16. My dad passed when I was 19, like, right in the middle of that, and then I had gone to Mexico, like, I had lived abroad as well, and then came to Lee, and I don't know, 
even until this moment, I've like really connected that for you and I, as far as like, yeah, I hadn't either. The experience in life, mm. and and even now, like, and we're at Jonathan Brown's house here in, in Nashville, but um, JB, like, we grew up, you know, from middle school mm. and had that same connection of like living in this rich town in Brentwood. But we were those kids from broken homes that mm-hmm. our single parents were making it, and we just, you know connected like that yeah. but never realizing at the moment that the journeys were so similar so mm-hmm. i just I'm, I'm acknowledging that similarity without realizing that's cool. it until that, right yeah now. that's beautiful I'm like how have we so, known each other this long and not like yeah that. so you got to that's lee awesome. like what were you yeah. looking for at lee as this sheltered christian girl of seven mm-hmm. kids yeah and uh, you know i have three now and my oldest i kind of feel like you guys are similar where she's taking on more responsibility of mm-hmm. contribution and yeah. all that type of stuff. But what were you going to leave for besides escaping Virginia or was that just it? Yeah. Um, independence. Yeah. Like that's the first thing that comes. I was like, I had never really had the chance with so many people around my family and everything. Like I'd never really had a chance to just like be independent, yeah. try that out. And I had a hunch that I would love it and I was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just wanted space from family. Um, I wanted to like kind of figure out who I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so was at Lee two years, uh, fully into the Christian bubble for And you got there 20... Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I got there fall 2010. But I feel like we were there for the same time, but... Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, like, when exactly I met you, because I don't think I met you right away. I I don't remember, um... But I was only there two years, so... Me too. We must have met, like, not that far away from the beginning. Um, yeah, it's very into, like, the whole... Christian bubble. My roommate was very Christian. Be mm. such a sweetie. Um, mm. Yeah, so it was just kind of part of that. And then, it, so I was studying elementary ed. Um, and, you know, like any college, you study like all the shit that you don't actually like need yeah, to know yeah. about. So it wasn't even until the second year that I actually got into like my degree. Right. Well, and for everyone like listening or watching, like you have to go undergrad and yeah. a part of this is a Bible minor. And yeah. That's even that things stuff. that, you know, my brother went to Liberty, which is similar. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. <laughs> <clears throat> also, I don't want to be a pastor, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to go into clergy, but, you know, anyway. So you went to elementary ed and, and started. Yeah. But. So once I actually started getting into elementary ed, I was like, I've always loved kids. Like, I just, I find that, like, I am my silliest self around mm-hmm. kids, and I love that aspect of me and getting to, like, interact with them. Um, but I realized that I didn't really like elementary ed I didn't like the whole I wasn't sure like where I even stood on like education and how we were really teaching our kids and like what the structure of all that was and the societal implications of that and yeah so I feel like after like a year and a half I started like questioning that because I was paying for everything myself right Mm -hmm. so that's a different perspective too when you're Mm -hmm. like I'm putting thousands of dollars into this is this actually something that I really care about and want to do for the rest of my life. And I just kind of figured out that, like, no, this is not actually what I want to do with my life. Right. So I feel like after that, I've decided to finish out my second year. But the last semester, man, I was just like, I'm not going to anything in chapels. I'm not doing like, anything besides, like, what I need to do. Right. I would, like, skip classes for days just to, like, read the Hunger Games books. Shelby still reminds me of that yeah, all the yeah. time. <laughs> Just like deuces, which was so unlike me. Like I very much was like, do everything the right way. Um, yeah, I found a lot of freedom in that. And I think like I didn't know what I wanted to do necessarily, but I also knew that it wasn't there anymore. So mm-hmm. I 
stopped college after two years. And also, like, my family was really into this one, like, network marketing, I think it was what it was called, company. And I didn't necessarily want to do that specifically, but it was putting me around, like, really interesting thinkers and leaders that were doing things very differently than, like, just go to college, get a job. And they were making a lot more money and having a lot more impact. Mm -hmm. So I think, too, I was also realizing, like, there's other ways to do life. And then the traditional cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so I left and went home for a bit, just like got some jobs, worked. um, And I feel like a lot of that was just a blur. I don't even remember like what all it was. I feel like I was home maybe a year before I moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. My sister wanted to. So you went back to Virginia for Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. Um, So you were just like, peace out. Yeah. Like lost the interest. I mean, in Lee... It's weird because everyone says this about their respective university, but it's like mm-hmm. the bubble five bubbles real man. Yeah, five thousand, six hundred thousand yeah. kids, like you know, intimate, yeah. but almost intimate to a fault. And yeah. especially you throw the whole Christian. But like, where did we ever hear alternative perspectives? We did, or like well, people saying different things, and right? It's the like, thing that le- like you know, not to throw shade at them, they were, you know, giving this critical thinking type of approach to learning. That's like, yeah. But our, but even now, like I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it as we go on. Like, but like you're saying we don't know who we are as mm-hmm. these young people. We haven't experienced anything outside of what mom and dad said we could, yeah. Um, or our church people, or whatever it was. But it's like, it's I'm yeah. 34 now, and I'm just realizing, hey, I'm, I I like this stuff. I'm good at this yeah. and music and yeah. conversation and all that kind of thing. But it's just it's just crazy that it takes you know. Especially after yeah. those things of like, do I even need all this shit? Like, yeah. You know? So anyway, sorry. So yeah, you're back in Virginia. Good. You end yeah. up coming to Nashville after a year. Yeah. My sis and I moved together. We're still in Nashville together. She really wanted to work in the music industry. And I was like, well, I can just find a nanny job. Like, I'm good with kids, whatever. So we didn't really have a place to live, but we just packed up our stuff and came here and kind of figured it out. Um, and then I kind of bounced from like nanny job to nanny job while I was figuring stuff out and like my whole personal journey really like after losing mom she was the type of figure that she served everyone but she also didn't know how to say no like she didn't really have boundaries for herself at all like I had never even heard the term self-care growing up like I didn't even know what the hell that was so when she died from basically serving herself into the ground and also like had a lot of judgment and anger and all this stuff that she never resolved. Um, I just, not even intentionally, I just decided like, I'm going to be the person that says no a lot. I'm going to be the person that has boundaries. I'm going to be the person that figures out self-care for myself. Mm -hmm. So I was still at that point, a Christian still like going to church, but it was like a very like artistic church, more interesting. There were more interesting people. And I really appreciated that there was like art. There was so much creativity allowed to, which was not something that I ever experienced growing up in the church. Like there wasn't space for that. It was too hippie, too yeah. like liberal or whatever. And that like scared people. Did you grow up in a, um, what, what, what like denomination? Um, so my dad grew up Mennonite. So like very conservative. Yeah. Um, and my mom grew up kind of Mennonite, but more like non-denom. So I feel like we were mostly like non-denominational okay. is the way to describe it. So not like Pentecostal. Like yeah. All of the, the loud singing. People weren't stuff. running to the no. <laughs> no, <but. laughs> no I, I just, but obviously coming to Lee, I'm sure that was baptism by fire. No right. Pun, no pun intended. Yeah. But, um, but no, any, it's, it's just funny because 
through the journey so far and going through a church that, you know, feels safer, more comfortable mm-hmm. and more, I guess, uh, in alignment with what you are as a person and, and what you care for and yeah. appreciate. Yeah. It's always nice to find, but mm. yeah, continue. Yeah. So I think I figured out just through that church that like, I am a deeply creative person mm. and that was a part of me that I had never really gotten to explore. It was all about like sports and doing really well in school and all that growing up. And that's like all I had the time and energy for. I had never really explored like this more creative side of me. So that also got my brain thinking about like what I could do like in a business. Could I have my own business? I don't know. Like what would that look like? And my dad, love him, best man ever. He has his own business, but it was never like super successful. So I think for me, like I had this kind of nervousness Mm -hmm. around like actually owning your own business because it didn't feel like it could actually give you much freedom. I felt like you're kind of just trading one stress for another stress. Which is similar to being in the management in a corporation where totally. you're like not yeah. getting the whole profit of, yeah. of owning the company, yeah. but you're getting all the stress for it. Yeah, so. and you're still working just as hard as everyone else, right. just not making as much, right. <laughs> which really sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like my first inkling that I had of like, hmm, maybe I could have a business is I like loved thrifting clothes. So I started just kind of like reselling yeah. clothes that I found. And that was fun, but it also took like a lot of energy just having to go to like thrift stores and buy things and clean all of them and ship them and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't stick with that for very long, but it was like the start of what I needed to be like a creative thinker and Mm -hmm. kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I feel like I just, I was on another friend's podcast this week and I was like, I feel like I've actually figured out what I want to do with my life now. (laughs) And that feels really good. And I think I was just a bit slower to like figure that out. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of where it started. And while I was doing that and working these nanny jobs and some of them were truly terrible mm-hmm. with like terrible people. Yeah. Um, and just also realized that like, so self-care when I had those terrible jobs became absolutely mandatory. I couldn't have survived without really taking care of myself. So I guess not to jump forward or, or no, push the wherever. envelope. Like, when did it start for you of, like, this has to become a priority? Mm. Was it at that point that you were getting, I don't know if it's accurate to me for me to say, like, run to the ground with these nanny jobs sure. and people. But when did it, like, you know, because there was one kind of moment with your mom's passing mm. that probably put you on a journey of, like, we got to figure some things out in mm. your own identity. And then leaving Lee, coming to Nashville, and then it's like... I, you know, I say it that way because I feel like that's been my experience. But what was your experience that kind of put you at the point where it's like, because mine was not by choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever had this moment of like, all right, we got to reorient this board here because it's not working this way. Yeah. I think I always kind of felt that like my energy ran differently than other people's energy. That became super clear to me in college. Like mm-hmm. I literally couldn't do the stay up till 2 a.m., and then get up at six the next day because I had like jobs all through college too. And you're now celebrating like the nine p.m. like in bed and my I'm like, cozies. I'll be asleep by nine p.m. Yes, I will. I love that so and much. The pinky as you're like snuggling into bed. I know. You know that's true. I can just imagine it. Like yeah. Just like Sometimes I get t- like too excited when I'm getting into bed that it like makes my heart race and I have to do my bedtime routine again mm. to like go to sleep because I'm too excited to be asleep. Ugh. I understand. We're getting older, but it's also those things like, why it's wasn't great. I doing this I in the beginning? It's so beautiful. <laughs> so I kind of figured out from the beginning, like they call me, you guys call me like Grandma Joe in yeah. college because I was like, I have to be up at 6 a.m. to work. Like 
I will be the one that's in bed by nine or 10. Like, I don't understand how other people function that way. But you've also got a very maternal spirit and energy and obviously being older, but I'm sure coming from seven kids, like you're, yeah, I always felt that about you Yeah, in the sense of just the safety of hearing all my bullshit and life. And so (laughs) anyways, continue. I do like being that confidant person. I feel like I I don't see you as granny Joe. I mean, I see you as that, you know, there's, I don't have many Jolie Millers in my life as our personal friendship, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's a certain energy and dynamic about you, just to confirm what you're saying and how you run yeah. and function. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I feel like in college, for sure, that just kind of like happened naturally, because I was like, I literally am just going to get sick all the time if I yeah. don't like, take care of myself. But then I had this one like truly, truly terrible job, <laughs> a nanny job with three kids, and they were just like just bad people um and the kids were truly awful like the oldest son would tell me all the ways that he wanted me to die like as i was leaving i was like so fuck you but also (laughs) right in front of his parents yeah they're like oh sweetie you're right they like pulled that and i was like you guys are just like really bad people anyways so that season of my life which i worked for them for like two and a half years i had like a bigger purpose for working there i don't know like i look back now and i'm like I would never allow myself to stay in something like that for mm-hmm. that long now, live and learn. Um, but yeah, that was the season that comes to mind that was like, I literally had to do self-care like all the time just because it was so like emotionally and physically draining Daunting, yeah. Yeah, every day to so, show up and be in that. Well, let me ask you, like in the premist premature stages of a routine or mm-hmm. you know practices principles whatever it is like what did it look like for you in the evolution of where you know you started and um, not, not not to fast forward to compare to now because i want to get there as you continue sharing but yeah. what did it look like in the first stages because mm, um, it feels like it, what is self-care it's so different yeah and it means so many different things for so many different ways and so many different people and right. it's all about right. you know so what did it look like for you so in the beginning it was just survival which mm-hmm. i feel like is kind of like the most watered down version of self-care and what it can be but it was still just like what i needed at that time it looked like going to bed at a really good time um it looked like i feel like journaling became really important to me then just like getting my feelings out onto paper i had only about like two really close friends at that time that i would invest in and do things with but besides that i just like i wasn't open to community which there's two sides to that but at the time, like I didn't have extra energy to give mm-hmm. other people. So yeah. I had to be okay with that and with saying no. And um, I think I was still at the church then. So, you know, like they wanted people to serve and all of that. And I was just like, no, yeah, like, I don't have that to give right now. And that has to be okay because yeah. I literally don't have the energy for that. Yeah. So it looked more like that. And then, but I was still like not eating like the way that I do now, not like. I didn't really drop it into like holistic self-care, which is like mind, body, spirit, Mm -hmm. just like all of those things really living in harmony. And that kind of happens like over time, like as I got more in tune with figuring out who I am and Mm -hmm. like, I think like accepting like this like deep power and sensuality that I have inside of me. And so like all of my self-care now comes from that well of just like, deeply loving myself and wanting to nourish myself so it has a more holistic arc because it's like my whole life is a love story to myself now because i need that and i deserve that 
and no one else is going to do that for me. Like that's my job that I get to do now and yeah. I love it. So it looks more like the food that I put in my mouth every day. Like what time do I get up? Do I allow myself a routine in the morning? Cause that feels nourishing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, really letting like my inner masculine show up for me in certain routines and disciplines sometimes. And then also letting that go sometimes when my feminine just wants to like yeah. wake up and stay in bed like uh, all day sometimes. Right. And that's okay too. Like it is really getting in tune with your intuition and giving yourself what you need and following your body's wisdom without like really giving a damn what anyone else thinks or their opinions or anything. So, yeah. I want to interject yeah. because, um, a few things of like things that are, are important to me because the idea of holistic health was mm -hmm. something, um, I guess through the process of my divorce and it was even through the process of learning like self-help and self-betterment and not even the idea of self-care at that point, but like, you know, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, like and these were things I was looking into and even the re relationship and marital and like, you know, this was very early on. So it's like, it was changing in, in that way of healing. But I was sitting there thinking, I have to focus on these four areas of my life to yeah. become the person that I want to be, mm. you know? And it, it was never like a plan. Mm. And it, and it's even funny because the book of James talks about, like, don't boast about tomorrow because your life's but a vapor, mm. you know, stay in today. And it was always this juggle in my mind and the idea of, um, you know, health and what it looks like because I grew up playing sports and I never used fitness as a mental or emotional right. health tool. Right. And now I, I, I'm like a crackhead where it's like, yeah. you know. Same. The gym is therapy, yeah, man. It it's is. So and it's funny because, mind. sorry to interrupt, but it's mm -hmm. like a cliche of men going through these divorces where it's like oh the gym's full because there's a bunch of divorced people you know and, and on both sides of it male and female but it's good though yeah i heard somebody the other day i was listening to a male teacher i don't remember who he was and he was just talking about the importance of men having some sort of physical training that they do every mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. and it's not even for the body it's for the mind and yeah. for you like showing up for yourself every it, day and it's funny because it's the more that i focus on my mental and emotional mm. I physically have become closer to where I want to be totally. in the sense of like health and even I don't eat probably till like 12, one o'clock or yeah. whatever it is. But, um, but anyways, that was just something of like holistic health and looking yeah. into that. Something else I just want to mention is you learning this practice of saying no and boundaries for mm. your mom. And this yeah. is stuff that, I, that we've talked about of like generational things. Yeah. And I feel almost that like, as a dad and as someone who's watched my mom and both my dad in, in their own individual lives, like obviously as we all do, but you become an adult now. Yeah. And you see these things where it's like, I see why my mom and my dad did it that way. Totally. And I forgive them because yeah. of how the, like the context, you know, yeah. of life. Yeah. And it's like, we're doing all this shit. Right. Now, but, but when, like you're saying, when you're able to read yourself and, that's why I feel like these generational things, it's like, mm. they didn't get it, but let me try. Yeah. So I can set my kids up to have right. the issues I'm thinking of right. and I can't get past. Right. But all that to say, it's just like a, a constant acknowledgement of the healthier that you become, the healthier that your line will become. But, totally. Um, and there was one other thing. It might come back to me in a second, but... Um, all right, energies, masculine, feminine. Mm, I can talk about this all I know. day. And it's stuff that you've turned me on to, and mm. Jake Woodward yeah. uh, is a 
great uh, resource for that. Yeah, but, Lauren Crenn. There's so many good guys yeah, out there. But I, I guess I don't want to deep dive into it, but even just to acknowledge for people who don't know what that means mm-hmm. in the sense of like, I, I in the more that I have healed as a six foot five, you know, this, you know, I'm supposed to be this brute guy. Mm-hmm. The more I've tapped into my inner child and that like that nurturing yeah. myself and reparenting myself. Mm-hmm the more I've been able to tap into that feminine energy of like, mm. it's that whole cliche of you're a pussy mm. if you're going, and that's the weakness pitch of yeah. how men look at therapy or, um, you know, even if, you know, again, like some of my best male friends, I have no problem hugging them, telling them I love them and mm. telling them how I feel about them simply because that's my experience of losing my dad and having lost my brother. And it's like, mm. I, might, I might not get this chance to sit down with you again. Yeah. And for us to document this, this yeah. is going to be special. But that's just the type of thing for for the energy speak. Like I want people to not not that everyone has to operate that way, but it's like just the the rea- the reality that you have. Mm-hmm. You are a um, that yin and that yang, that mix mm-hmm. of that that feminine masculine energy. Yeah. Where with my daughters, the way I parent my daughters versus how I parent my son. It's completely different. Yeah. But the way that I parent my son when I'm tender with him is completely different how I'm tender with my, my daughters. Sure. And it's tapping into that stuff of saying like, you're, a, you know, don't, don't, let's not look at the gender stuff. Yeah. And yeah, we have to like love differently. Um, but it, I, I love that you brought it up because I, I think it is something that is worth talking about in length. But yeah. what, what are you finding in that dynamic within yourself that other people can learn from to say like obviously everyone's going to be a different ratio and a yeah. mix and yeah. you know it's not i don't know the older i'm getting like the more i'm like take the boundaries off of everybody and the titles and the bullshit and the lifestyle choices yeah. or not choices and whatever it's like let's just fucking live yeah so, yeah so polarity is kind of what we're talking about mm-hmm. which is like and i'm this is not a technical definition this is just like <laughs> what i have experienced Polarity is the dance between masculine and feminine in this world. And when I say masculine and feminine, I don't mean man and woman. I mean like internally, do you have a more masculine pole or do you have a more feminine pole? Do you want to be the ravisher or the ravishee? Like that's kind of a way to like feel into which you would rather be and how you are more wired. Um, To me, it's this really... Oh God, it's so yummy and it's so beautiful because when you get into polarity and when you get into really leaning into what you naturally are, and I am more feminine pole, it like takes away all of these layers and bullshit of what you're supposed to be of like, is this too traditional? Is this not too traditional? Is this like, are we equal enough? Are we not equal enough? Whatever. And it's just like, no, like this is just how these energies naturally like dance together and bounce off of one another to create like the most powerful relations in the world. Um, For me, I realized that, and most women do, like I was not allowed to be fully in my feminine growing up. And a big part of that was the church. Like you're supposed to be more like keeping up with the boys. The pastor is always a boy. Like God is a boy. Like, you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be But you're not in supposed that. to be heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you're not, you know, as a woman, you're supposed to be submissive. And 
you're supposed to not really have opinions and that type of thing. Um, so I, Jake Woodard talks about it a lot. Like I for sure had like that masculine shield up for a long time. And that looked like, like not letting people get too close. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know that people would have even said that about me. I was very good at like kind of pretending like I was super like close to you or whatever, but I very much kept a lot to myself and wasn't super vulnerable all the time. Um, that also meant like avoiding all emotions for yeah. me. Like I'm an Aquarius and I was just like, I don't want to feel anything. Just nothing. So like, you would nothing too strong. Cause I identify with that as well as like you can feel an emotion. Yeah. But until you truly sit in it and understand it, like, I don't mm-hmm. know that I, I love, I never let that. it move through me, yeah. which is the point of emotions, right? right. They're energy in motion. They just want to be felt and moved. Mm-hmm. Which is like for the feminine body, that's a very powerful thing that you can tap into, which is alchemizing emotions. And you can take this deep sadness and grief and anger and you can feel it fully. And that alchemizes into pleasure and fun and play Mm -hmm. and these beautiful things. I think it's like we get to be these like witches of emotions and I love that. Um, Which... It's in a context, it. like us coming out of this Christian. Yeah. This is all, and this is the funny thing too. Like we've journeyed through this and, com- you know, talking like context. Like I think I talked to you two or three times a week at yeah. least, you know. and, and It was pretty good for me. I don't talk to people that much well, throughout the week. So. Well, thinking of what I've gone through the last two years, yeah. you know, we've, we've been in pocket for, and yeah, it was interesting for me not to derail this, but, you know, having that, um, I wouldn't say accountability, but just like you motivate, you have motivated me because I, again, like seeing where we've both journeyed through and from and all that kind of stuff of saying, and even me and JB would sit on this couch and have these conversations about sex and life. Now it's like dating, like what do we, you know, people want to hook up and it's like, what do I want to do though? How do I want to treat people and how do I want to put the energy out? Because I think that karma is going to come back to me. But having to, to circle this back around like to talk about that shit karma cussing whatever it's yeah. like pleasure the taboos yeah because if you get so far out there the spirit of the devil's gonna be on you <laughs> and it's like here's an example you talked about submission yeah. and we talked about feminine and masculine energy and if you and i are in a relationship mm-hmm. i have to submit to you mm-hmm. and i can tap into my feminine mm-hmm. if i if i need to do yes. that to submit to you yeah and you have to, and, and here's a, and here's an example. Speaking of pleasure and sex, mm-hmm. if a female initiates sex with her partner, mm-hmm. whether that's male, female, however that looks like, there is a masculine sense of dominating yeah. and submission, yeah. and that's where I think men and whoever and however they they, whatever their stuff is, kinks or whatever you want, if those roles are reversed, then people get really weird about shit. Mm, yeah, that's like. To each their own, yeah. but in the sense of, of a relational dynamic, an example of submission and feminine masculine energies, like those are things now that I have learned in the last 18 months of the journey. Of the more I've known myself, the more I realize how I operate in that, yeah. uh, that polarity yeah. like you're talking about. And that's like allowing yourself to be an experiential learner, which was yeah. a huge thing. I was listening to like... There was this one podcast that I was listening to, and it was actually these, like, Christians that were, like, kind of, like, on the outskirts of Christianity, right? And they were just talking about the importance of actually letting yourself, like, experience life and learn that way. And I think I was like, 
26 at that point or whatever, still a virgin, like had never like really dated or anything like that. Right. Cause growing up in the church, like man is supposed to pursue you. Like you're just supposed to just, I don't know, hang out, do your thing. And they're supposed to like, just know that you are attracted to them and you want them mm-hmm. to ask you out. Like, I don't know. None of that fucking makes sense anymore. Um, <laughs> and it shouldn't make right? sense. Right. Because yeah. now I'm like, no, like the feminine invites in, like there's also like, there's energy there. There's her using her body and all of that. Um, yeah, like letting yourself actually experience, Yeah, like, you know, dating different people, trying to figure that out. Like, I wouldn't have really figured out, like, how deeply feminine I am. And I, to be clear, like, I haven't experienced a relationship like I really crave with mm-hmm. a man mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my last relationship, it was, like, so clear that, one, there was this, like, kind of mothering energy that came in because he was a very, he was in a very, like, hard place in life and like i totally stepped into that um which was my bad um (laughs) also like because of that like i ended up being that like kind of more like nurturer but also like i planned everything i initiated everything for you sure like the way that you did yeah like it's easier for me to be the nurturer but the other like flip side of it is like i became the masculine in our relationship and he became the feminine so Mm. i was always like initiating planning doing all that stuff and i didn't want that like i didn't actually want to do that but if i didn't do that it just didn't happen which was like you know (laughs) red flags all over the place (laughs) only took me three years to figure that out yeah yeah (laughs) But we're getting only better. took me ten, but hey, we're <laughs> hey, all, hey. we're not keeping score. <laughs> I experienced something like kind of similar with this one guy for like a week or something, and I just like cut it off after a week. So I was like, "Well, it was only a week this time, not three years. We're getting better." <laughs> well, I will say, like, just for the the you and I have had these conversations, but I don't say that in the sense of disrespecting my ex wife and oh no, the mother yeah. of my children. Yeah. And we like we had a conversation like, "Hey, you're one of my best friends yeah. for ten years." Didn't work out, but let's do what we can to make these kids have an totally. incredible life. So. Yeah. And I'm friends with my ex. Like, it's been really hard, but we've figured that out, too. But see, that's a part of the maturing as yeah. a human of, like, you yeah. don't have to hate all your exes, people. Right. You know? And yeah. uh, there's a woman I was involved with that you that you knew. Um, just called her one day. It's like, hey, yeah. I don't know how things ended. Yeah. Here's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not necessarily look, like calling you to, to get back or whatever. It's like... I just don't like the idea. This is Pam Halper, or Pam Halper, Pam Beasley at the time. <laughs> I hate the idea of thinking that ice is out there just hates me for no reason. That's how I feel sometimes. You are so like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, damn it. You know me that well. I'm like, shit. You know, but I just like the idea of thinking, um, I, I don't know, that whole conversation of energies and karmas and like, if I go in the world today and I see someone I was involved with and it was a nasty. You know, and it's not always possible to do that. Yeah. And I say that from the experience knowing what the last two years has been like and saying, yeah. I have chosen from the beginning, I'm not going to be better. Not to make all this stuff about that, but I'm not going to be better. I'm not going to be, um, you know, malicious yeah. or believe that all women are, or what. It's like, I know I messed up. Yeah. She didn't mess up. But it's realizing that sometimes it's okay that we don't you know, click. Yeah. And we don't have to, like, there's not a... And there can still be purpose there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh not my God. Not every relationship like, is nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, and I think, too, like, with what you're talking about, like, if there was friendship there, mm-hmm. um, then that's beautiful if you want to figure out, like, how to 
keep that pillar. Like maybe the other pillars aren't worthwhile, but like if you have that solid friendship. But you can tap into it. Yeah. You know. And then two, part of that is like you taking full responsibility for your part. Mm -hmm. Even if your part was only 3%, like Mm -hmm. you taking responsibility for your 3% so that you can figure out what you need to figure out so that you can evolve and grow and be more who you want to be the Mm -hmm. next time around or whatever. And I mean, you you talked about this, uh, you know, being a learner. Yeah. And I feel that in a lot of ways, society, the church, whatever you want to point at, there's this idea. And for me, it was marriage that you arrive. Mm. Like you're not going to (laughs) need to do those old childish things anymore. And it's like, but the, and it's strange because the more that I've literally gone through therapy and the idea of Mm. your inner child and healing that. And you were talking about, you know, the energy and the freedom to dance and be stupid Mm. and whatever. It's like, I don't have to have an explanation for anybody. And even if I record this on my phone, put it up on Instagram and I look like a complete asshole or whatever to you. I was talking to my sister once. She, Steph is a two on the Enneagram, a helper. Mm -hmm. And we were talking years ago and I was like, I think what you need is to just be really comfortable with people thinking that you're a bitch. Mm -hmm. And to her at the time, she was just like, I could never do that ever. And now she's totally cool with it. She's like done a lot of inner work to be okay with that. And right, like that's just like a very extreme version of that. But it's like, can you truly release your need to have people view you in a certain way Mm -hmm. all the time? Because also what they're thinking of you is none of your damn business. But it's also realizing they're probably not thinking of you as much as (laughs) as you think they are. Yeah, you're thinking about you all the time. But Everyone else is not. Speaking of Enneagrams, like type, you know, I was talking, there's a a girl I'm talking to that she's a type two. We're talking about Enneagrams. And I was laughing, side note. A girl I know was saying that this Christian pastor or whatever was like, the Enneagram and crystals. I'm like, they're throwing the Enneagram in there now? Like, wait, wait, wait. Time out. Like, what? No. You're, you're promising so much about this number. It's like, you don't understand, man. Yeah. Like, you know. But as a Nate, like, being this bull in a china shop, like, yeah. you know. But the real the realization that we had or I've had, the more I've gotten to know that. Is the way that you relate in your healthy and your unhealthy dynamics. Mm. And it's like, but the confidence and the beauty of it, you know, as a Nate, I'll retreat to two or to five. Mm-hmm. And two I, when you're like healthy, right? Like five four. when I'm healthy, I okay, cool. think, and then two when I'm not. Because okay, I, I think, well, no, no, I'm sorry. Five when I'm healthy in the sense that they can be re- very reclusive and hermit and yeah, yeah, isolative yeah. and shut down and things like that, where yeah. the two can be kind of. Twos are more like powerhouses, though. They can be. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's the... Like Tony Robbins? Isn't he like an eight or something? Uh, I believe so. I'd have to look into that. But he's just like this, like... Oh, You know, lover of people. And like... Yeah, but he can be like really polarizing, too. No doubt. But it's... it's, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to put myself in the cookie cutter, but I also yeah. don't want to be like you're this type or you're yeah. this in E and J R or whatever the hell that <laughs> what is that Higgs Brickson or Banks or whatever. Yeah, I don't no know. idea. I don't know. It's but too many letters. It, it, I find that the more that we dive into ourselves, and this is stuff that we've shared, other people I've talked to on this journey of like self love and care, and we're so fluid in the sense mm-hmm. of like. You're saying that that polarity of the energies, yeah. Because you might, you know, in, in a relational sense, you might see your partner one day, and that's why I think our conversations. I've learned this and implemented it with other people and my daughter. Like, how's your heart today? Mm, yeah. How's your mind? Like, where's your body at? Because tapping into those areas of yourself, yeah, like it doesn't doesn't just happen. 
Yeah, it's not like, intentional about it. It's like you're driving a car and all of a sudden the tire goes down. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the TPMS light's on now. Yeah. It's like, no, I have to actively, like an old school car, mm-hmm. go get the old air pressure gun out and check my, my emotions or whatnot. But yeah. it's, but it, it is one of those things, um, I don't know, like you're saying, the more that we can deconstruct the idea of what we're supposed to be, then we have the freedom yeah. to be whatever you want. Yeah. And like you said, explore that stuff and be like, yeah. that wasn't for me. Totally. To and experience. Like, yeah, I know. let yourself be seasonal about things too. Like I've realized, especially as a woman, like we're so cyclical and there are times that I'm going to want to be super disciplined and there mm-hmm. are times that I'm going to want to be super free. And there are going to be seasons where I'm really pulled into, like right now I'm deeply studying and implementing polarity stuff. Yeah. And before it was like, I was super deep into like business stuff, like how to build an online business. And I was super deep into Enneagram before that. And now I'm really into human design. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not the type of person that's like, this is the thing. And everyone needs to believe this and be on the same page about this thing. It's like, you just look at something and say, is there like one thing that I could take from this? Yeah. Sweet. And if it works, take it. And if it doesn't? Let it go. And not bashing the no. shit out of it. And like not everybody else has to believe the same thing. Just like if it came into your world, awesome. Like play with it. See how it feels. Try it on. Mm-hmm. But also like don't expect everyone else to resonate with that. Not everyone resonates with polarity. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most magical things in the world. Like yeah. when you play with it, it doesn't resonate for but everyone. Makes, and that's great. Yeah. Like you don't have to resonate with that. You can do your own thing. There are plenty of other things that you right. can do. Yeah. Like even with like the Enneagram, it's like. Of course, it's not like the end all be all. Like no personality thing can ever say exactly who you are. You are this dynamic, beautiful person that's had all these experiences that have shaped you. But can you allow it to like help you have more compassion on yourself? Can you help? Like, can you allow it to help you understand other people better? Like, there's so many ways that if we just like release a little bit more from our hands and just say like how can I play with this how could this impact my life that like feel like we would get a lot more out of it Mm -hmm. than having it like having to be like the Enneagram person the polarity person it's like you can be whatever you want to be and other people can be whatever they want to be but there are so many amazing tools out there to us to like help us understand ourselves better and other people better it's it's funny because I feel the older I've gotten not the years or chapters or whatever, but it's like you go through these seasons of life and it's not about the good and the bad mm-hmm. or the easy or the hard. Yeah. It's every, it touch every block of, the, you will touch every block of that, totally. you know, graph or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, and it's not about saying, well, Jolene's good and, yeah. you know, happy. Yeah. And Trey's over here. He's alone and sad. It's like, yeah. You're, part you're talking of the about, human experience. Yeah, you're you're yeah. talking about having this pleasure of going to bed at nine mm-hmm. o'clock, and it's like if that mm-hmm. serves you well, totally perfect. Yeah, if it serves me well to go get on a paddleboard and just roast in the sun, like, and yeah. that, that's what I need. Yeah, perfect, perfect. But I don't know. The more, and we've talked about this about the idea of like a bird landing in your hand. Mm-hmm. And if it comes and it goes mm-hmm. freely, it's more likely to come back come to back, you. Yeah. But if you grab that thing where control is so pivotal in my life before that was so helpful yeah. for me because i've realized now the the more <laughs> i've never had control outside of what i can can say and do yeah and so if it's a job if it's a relationship if it's literally anything mm-hmm. like any opportunity i can prepare yeah but there's really it's at a the, false sense of control you're not the, actually the, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah you have no yeah and, and that's where i'm like 
again, like people don't think of me as much as I think that they do. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, what I'm not. Yeah. But, you know, and we've talked about all types of stuff. But I want to talk about two things because we've got about 12 minutes left before cool. we need to roll. I want to talk about sex and I want to talk about I am mm. Jolene Miller. <laughs> I want to tell people what you're doing online and okay. how they can connect with you and things too but not that we cool. have to like deep dive into this big horny talk or anything like that well, but let's fucking do it man. yeah yeah Sorry, I keep cursing and <laughs> it's, I it's all good um <laughs> make you go over time it's all to good. like go bleep out all, <laughs> it's all good. i'm probably just gonna post it as it is <laughs> go, go, go. put an explicit <laughs> because at this at this podcast we're gonna be authentic about it yeah. but um but no pleasure obviously and, and just to kind of tip the iceberg over whatever um through therapy for me and coming out of this Christian idea, ta- sex, kissing taboo, mm-hmm. or uh, masturbating, everything was so taboo. Sure. You don't do this. Yeah. You don't look at her. And it's like... Don't even think about it. Right. Yeah. And it's strange because even through therapy, like, the idea of dignity and depravity. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times, like I'm saying, and I was in this process that I would retreat into... Not, not that I'm sleeping around, but even the idea of self-pleasure was so off the market for me as a Christian, yeah. don't do that. But right. it's like, but I really don't feel anything wrong about this yeah. after uncovering years and years of shame of you aren't supposed to feel that yes. unless you're in the marriage bed and you know yes. the covenant of God. All my, yeah. It's like, I'm a human. Yeah. You're a human. And if you and I agree to have sex right now or do anything or you or, or in myself decide to please myself, mm. Why can't that just be beautiful? And why does it have to be considered this? Why does it have sin? to be anything? Yeah, yeah. But I, I say that simply because I know that you've you've gone into it, and I even through the experience of like, you know, just meeting people, interacting with people. People have a very different idea of sex and yeah. what it is and what it does. And I think with anything, for me, healthy is moderation and balance. Yeah. Um, but what? Where did it start with you? Of like really understanding, or I guess the desire to, not just experience, but understand yourself, and mm-hmm. then whether it's meditation or like what that looks like. Not that you have to tell us all your stuff, but it's like, what does that look like for you in exploring pleasure? Yeah. If it's not just a sexual dynamic, because I feel like it it does get confined with that word and that connotation. Yeah. So first, let's talk about sex because so I listened to that podcast. I was like allowing me permission to just like experience life or whatever and i was at that point that i was like this light switch just like flicked on and i was like i want to experience sex like this is just what i want to happen so my first time that i had sex was just this guy that i went out on a date with i honestly wasn't even that attracted to him whatever we had this conversation that was like fine there wasn't really any like spiritual like connection there at all mm-hmm. And we ended up having sex in, like, the back of his truck, right? First time. Joe just jumps all the way in, man. All the way Crew in. Crew cab, I hope. It wasn't like a, a, a bench seat or something. No. <laughs> Get some space. No. That just tells you how I think. I'm just there was, But there was, like, space. But, like, after we were finished, I was like, there was not enough space to do this. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was, like, I get, like, the appeal of, like, yeah, having sex in the back of a truck. But I was also like, this is not practical or you're comfortable. Also think, you're also thinking of the scene from Titanic where the hand right, was up the on the window. Yeah. <laughs> anyways so that was my first time um which was hilarious and of course like because like you're taught nothing about sex like growing up in the christian church or whatever for like i think my period was going to start in like two weeks so like for those two weeks i was just like (laughs) if i am fucking pregnant (laughs) yeah 
And of course I wasn't, but it was like, God, I hate that I even have like that, like fear around <laughs> sex, right? Like Dude. sex equals pregnancy equals the worst thing that could possibly happen. That's why I'm sitting here as the poster child of vasectomies. Seriously. I'm like, you. I will support that yes. too. Yes. Anyways. Uh, so that was my first time. And then after that, I ended up like meeting the guy that I was in a relationship for a while. Um, and we had lots of sex and it was fun. Like mm-hmm. it was, I would say it was more like. The angry bang sounds like mean. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's say I it. knew that would get you. <laughs> I knew that would get you. It was mostly like that type of sex, though. Yeah. But also, he was way more experienced than me. So I feel like I had like the space and the permission to just mm-hmm. like have fun, explore, whatever. But also be, I mean, it sounds like he was being more aggressive and maybe more, yeah, more, more communicative in, in how he was. I think so. Like for him, sex equaled kink. Like that yeah. was his favorite type of sex, gotcha. whatever. Um, and so like towards like middle of the relationship, I kind of realized for me, I was like, I'm lacking. Like there's something missing here for me. And what I wanted as like a deeply feminine person was like i want intimacy i want to actually connect and that doesn't mean like just physically move slower it's like i actually want to like feel your heart Mm -hmm. and i want the energetic part of sex which he could never really meet me at and that's like that's okay like that's just where he was at and we just wanted different things in that way um and i still feel like i have not had the sex that i really want to have and that's involving me like having to be super clear on what I want and being patient with like finding it as yeah. well because I'm also a human being that likes to have sex so yeah. it's like yeah. but also now like I'm at the point where I'm like I'm willing to just like chill be on my own sure. figure out what I really want and like my own pleasure practice has shown me so much about yeah. like what I want for myself um well, well, just being super in tune yeah well I want to say this because I feel like it's just the, the idea of us having this conversation to some people are like it's just it, it, they might clutch the pearls it's like <laughs> but i i genuinely do want to be raw and open about it not just for the sense of like let's share sex stories but it's like these are natural good desires yeah. that we have yeah and if it's with someone or if it's not with someone yeah it's it's a it's a normal thing yeah and it's an unfortunate thing where even in the idea of how we were raised and sex education and like, hey, here's yeah. your penis and that's a vagina right. and you're going to do this and this is going to, you know. Yeah. It's like, and it's not like you're saying, it's not just about the motion. It's yeah. not about just the... Um, like the physical. Yeah. yeah. And even we've talked about like the idea of like having an encounter with someone and nobody orgasms. Yeah. And some people are like, that sounds terrible. It's like, but... What it you're, can be so beautiful. But though. when you can connect with yeah. somebody and that's the that's the... Again, the scary thing of like what people don't know prior to. Yeah. It's almost like awkward at times for people to communicate. Mm. Hey, that doesn't feel probably as good as you think it might. Yeah. Try this. Yeah. And being completely okay with that and your yeah. ego not taking this big hit. Yeah. So I just say all that because I I want to lay the context of that as you're talking about it because the more that people I feel repress any emotion, desire, feeling the more that they are becoming untrue to themselves. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate thing when, whether it's our our, our individual bubbles and culture that we grow up in, um, 
but it's it's like weird because we grew up in a, a, a Christian university where it's like everyone's statistically decommitting from their church and you know it's like yeah. there's a reason yeah because we don't have the fucking answers and people are waking up they're like oh there's yeah. more and we can't safely come out here and say yeah. let me ask this question because <laughs> here's yeah. a real straight up honest conversation Paul was in Corinth and writing to a people that lived in a town where people were coming through all the time. Mm-hmm. There's boats and there's a port town. It's like Vegas, people have said. Mm-hmm. They were sleeping with everybody. And he said, hey, time out. Mm-hmm. It's better for you to sleep with one person and marry them. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to have sex with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're taught. And yeah. it's to think, too, the Bible that, we've been written, that has been written and canonically organized, right, that we all learned about at Lee University... We can't even fucking play telephone and get a, a message across. Yeah, it's like we go six people down the line, and it's almost a, a different, different message. message yeah. And I'm all for the idea that God gave us, an, you know, a word or whatnot. And I believe a lot of that wisdom, and, and but I don't think we have to confine ourselves into. Or I think if we do confine ourselves, it's like a rabid cage dog. Yeah, you know, when you see a, you know, I think. There'd be a hundred examples, but when you see an animal that has an owner that loves them mm-hmm. or a child that has a healthy relationship with their parent, that's what I imagine in, in the idea of that Christian bubble and mm-hmm. of having a relationship with God. Yeah. And it's not this, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. I genuinely feel when my kids are of age, if they go and they have all these experiences with people, you live in your own free will with mm-hmm. your consequences. Yeah. When I first... When I first had sex, I was still a Christian. And I remember just like coming to this place. I was like, if God is this big and I truly believe that he's this loving, he will come with me in this experience. Yes. That was huge for and me. It's cr- it was like, why would like me fucking having sex with someone create this huge rift between me and God? That's the opposite of what I believe about God. And to think that right? if, you, if, if my daughter's your age and does that, obviously yeah. she will have sex one day. She comes to me. Why would I be upset with her? Yeah. And if I can do that in my own humanity, but yeah. God's thoughts are higher and all this, it's like yeah. we are so ignorant to yeah. think we have anything figured out yeah. because of how small we are in this universe. Yeah. But all that to say, it's like nothing can separate from the love of God. Yeah. Love is so huge. And yeah. I think that, and I'm not trying to, that's the whole idea of the hippie because I, I, I do mm. feel as a natural, like I am a little bit of a hippie, but. Um, yes, you are. But I still I stay grounded on what, you know. My head can be in the clouds, and my feet can be firmly on the ground as well. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. So I just sell that stuff because, whew, whether it's sex or whether it's any experience in life, I find that we are not always um, quick to access it yeah. right, or utilize it in the, in a healthy way mm. because someone else said yeah. something about it. Yeah. Totally. You know, so I just bring that up because, again, like, I know we're getting close to our time here and we need to roll, but um, Instagram. Yeah. Is it i.joe? i.am.joe.miller because I am Joe Miller was already taken. Yes. Um, I'll I'll include all that stuff as far as in the description on the podcast and anywhere else that people might watch it. But um, tell me in a nutshell because we're going to try and keep it, but what you're doing and kind of what people can do in connecting with you. Yeah. So I'm a coach. I'm creating a movement of visionary women who are building these amazing empires impacting the world while also being deeply in their feminine, Mm -hmm. deeply in pleasure, deeply connected to themselves and their own um, self-trust. I basically 
help women create like really kick-ass lives that feel absolutely delicious to them. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. don't have a specific offer out right now, but I am creating one. Sure. So definitely, definitely follow along on Instagram. It's a really beautiful, intimate community. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't really hold anything back. I, I feel like it's my job to lead the way. Yeah. So I will post the crazy videos and the me crying and <laughs> me working through all of my emotions because I want more women to be those type of fully embodied yeah. women that Holistic. absolutely love themselves. <sighs> that, uh, that could be a whole other topic. I know. <laughs> because I think you and I both utilize social media in that way to break this you know stigma or stereotype of highlight reels totally yeah you know? and it's my my brother's passing i've had several people like thank you thank you for sharing yeah. and thank you for you know even as someone who's dealt with you know suicidal thoughts or you know all that kind of stuff it's yeah. like let's take the taboo off of shit because the yeah. more people can talk about it the more we're all feeling the same things man right we're all feeling the same thing and it's like some wait, people I'm, just hide it better than others yes yeah so thank you for saying that but yeah. regardless of of any coaching just follow joe and connect with her yeah you're an incredible presence and reach but, out like i love yeah. connecting with people i'm there for you so oh yes. well that went by quicker than i i know I that went by so fast <laughs> hour two i know yeah well we might have to do it again yeah um, but it. yeah please uh for all watching listening connect with Joe and then obviously yeah. subscribe to the podcast and then wherever you are, uh, where, wherever you have podcasts or, or we'll be podcasting, I'm going to try and find some links and I'll see if cool. I can add those. But Yay. thank love you it. for coming. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you. Mm.